Hello and welcome to Comeback. As you know by now, I'm your host Connor and I have an array of interviews with people from Saigon, Vietnam and all around the world about what they do, why, their story, journey, experiences and more, both Vietnamese and expats. Today is the former, it is my Vietnamese guest called Tu, who is involved in education, helping in charity and more. And we're going to dive into a bit about her background, have a conversation and see where we go. Tu, welcome, how are you? Hello everyone, um, thank Connor for inviting me to this podcast. Uh, my name is Quỳnh Thu, Nguyễn Quỳnh Thu, and this is my full name in Vietnamese. And um, uh, as Connor just introduced me, um, I'm currently an English teacher and um, a founder of an um, English teaching project for disadvantaged children. Um, uh, we help with um, teaching children, disadvantaged children with uh, studying English from the textbook to the English in real life and make them more um, interested in learning English themselves. Absolutely. I think that's very key and I think that's a crucial mission in terms of making it accessible for disadvantaged children, which I think, I mean, we all know the importance of that, but also making it interesting to learn because as someone who only speaks English, which I'm embarrassed to admit, um, and as someone who's learned English, right. you have to be interested. There has to be a motivation. True, yeah. true. That's so true because, um, of course, well, we Vietnamese uh, don't have the access um, to English since we were young um, until we met teachers and uh, the internet but with the disadvantaged children it's not easy for them to use the internet in the right way um, and sometimes they don't even have the device to study English so it's our um, priorities to um, provide them with a more um, interesting ways of learning English we will c come to the, the shelter to um, conduct the teaching in the English classes and uh, we provide games and activities which uh, will motivate them to speak more and use English more in their life and uh, I cannot imagine but um, until now there are some students who can speak English very confidently with foreigners we connect them with the foreigners uh, from the US and um, we speak uh, online um, weekly and that's amazing when I hear them just speaking with each other very very um, comfortable and uh, you know I, I cannot imagine I cannot tell you how happy I am when I in the process yeah Absolutely. I, I remember from my limited school years of learning other languages where if you're English, right, you, you don't really, they don't focus on other languages as much because it doesn't, I suppose, enhance you. Mm. But in French class and Spanish class, we just do the basics and we wouldn't have that first-hand experience of like, maybe this was the age, I'm talking 2009, but the, we didn't have that first-hand experience of speaking to a native speaker because even I think from a child, even if the conversation is limited at that age, right, it depends on the age range, it's still interesting getting to speak to somebody who actually does it, 
because it's not just from a textbook where you can just imagine. And mm. then if you go to the country, you'll just be lost. But if you're speaking to somebody who's actually in the process, who's actually native, and you get to that point where you can have a comfortable conversation, right. you build confidence, you build That's rapport, important. and you keep going. You, it keeps you motivated rather than just thinking, oh, the point in doing this, for example. That's right. Um, I mean, it's very important to uh, have them realize how important English is, and before that, they have to know why they study English, and it's our mission to to do that. Absolutely, to, right? To give them the the guidance, the direction. Definitely, right. and I do want to talk primarily about your mission, your motivation, and mm -hmm. ultimately what the project is too. But I am interested before that in the person sat in front of me and how you ended up learning English yourself. Like, how were you motivated and where did it begin? We've mentioned that you can learn from teachers, of course, and the internet. Right. What was your personal journey into learning the language that you speak now so proficiently? Uh, it's hard to say because when I was very little, I mean, there, I was like two, three or four. I, I think I heard somebody sp spoke English, but imagine I was from Gangtung province, mm. it's far away from here, it's like, it will take you 12 hours traveling from Saigon. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a mountainous area, uh, there are just a few people living there, and most of them are morality groups, so you know. It's hard for me to get access to um, the internet. It's, it's really hard until I, I was twelve. Then I know what is the internet. Right. Right. It's very hard for me back then. But I don't know. But I heard somebody spoke English when I was four. And when I grow up, um, my grandmother said, "Oh, that was uh, my uncle friends. They're from Australia." Oh, that I know, uh, but back then when I, after I heard them speaking, then I, I don't know what, but I really want to learn this language. Then I kept asked my, my neighbors, they are older than me, they are like, it was in high school back then, and I kept asking them, how can I speak this language? And, and if I want to say this, then how can I say that in English? Then they will translate that for me, then I will learn little by little. But, but it was an interesting um, process. When, then, uh, when I entered my secondary school, then uh, I knew what is the internet. Then luckily, my, my parents um, prioritized my learning by, by buying a computer. It's a very old version of computer. <laughs> it's very big. But then I sat there um, learning English day by day by, um, by different methods. Uh, I play games. I enter competitions um, using English. And uh, most of the time I spend online. Hmm. I mean, the, the computer helped me a lot. Definitely. Was there a goal in mind? As in, did you want to learn English 
just because it was, was cool. Young. I you was young. I was really yeah. young. I, how can I know English will help me? True. Uh, I don't know, but I really want to learn this. Yeah. It's like it's like, oh, I want to talk with people speaking this language. But how can I talk to them if I cannot talk in English, right? So I think that's the motivation. It's like I want to learn something new. Mm. And this is totally new. I know that if I learn this language, then I can approach to a very different horizon and that's what helped me i think mm-hmm. is curiosity combined with i don't know persistence persistence <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't call persistent that time enthusiastic because if you sit the computer day by day you must be enthusiastic about right, the really day by day yeah. and i spent what, right after school then i will just do that yeah. day by day. I, I like the fact you've mentioned this because it's more like bringing the fun into it. Like the, I'll use the word childlike because that's positive. Childish, mm. I don't think it is, but childlike <laughs> is positive, right? right? Where you're literally doing it. When I asked you, is there a goal? You're like, it was fun. I was curious. It was really yeah. fun. It was, yeah. It's, it's I'm glad you mentioned because a lot of people, including myself, right? When I've thought about learning languages, I've been like, oh, it would be you know, it'd make me stand out more, it'd make me more cultured, but I'm not doing it for an intrinsic reason, right? <laughs> I'm doing it because someone would give mm. me a compliment, mm-hmm. when realistically, if you're just doing it for fun, and I know people, like my English friends, who speak fluent Vietnamese right. and French, and I think, mm. right, they're doing it literally just because they enjoy the whole process. Just so, out of curiosity yeah. and... And enjoyment. It's like playing enjoyment. a game, right? Yeah, playing a game, it literally is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How long, this might be tough, how did it develop, as in, how did you go from beginner to fluency? It's not fluency. Not fluency, okay. You can so say, right? High level, high level, let's say. Let's say high level. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't tell myself that. But... Um, to the point you're at now then. <laughs> until, until I came to Ho Chi Minh City. Mm. I wasn't able to speak English at a time. Right. I, I'm trying to think because Kanto, that would that be common for English speakers? There's no English speakers. Even my teachers, sorry, but they 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 was in the same place with me, and they same. They didn't have any foreigners to talk to, so therefore their English is not really. Um, um, you know, mm. yeah. yeah they can speak grammars right. very well. I learned grammar a lot during my learning um, there. But then, um, one witness, I have to say that I couldn't speak English. I'm really glad you mentioned this. I'm an English teacher in public schools. We spend so much time on grammar, on punctuation. That's and right. It's uh, you know, I, it's very hard to get everybody to speak, and I think that's when it's key. And I'll see some students will be decent at the writing aspect, but you'll ask him or her to speak, and they just won't be there. And I find it quite frustrating that you know a really that's important aspect. what happened aspect. with with yeah. a lot of students in Vietnam, including myself. Because mm. as I said, when I came to university, a foreigner just came up and stand in front of my stood in front of me and say hi. I say hello back, and then the conversation stopped there because <laughs> I didn't know what to say next. Didn't know how to develop. Yeah, As, yeah that's that's re- really embarrassed because 
I was a very good student at English. I learned English when I was young until now. But why? What? What didn't? What didn't I can? I know what you mean. Why? Yeah. Why isn't it practically usable now? Where you're actually in an experience where you need to. Yeah. It just make me surprised, you know.、Mm. And when did you, I guess, learn to speak? Was it being immersed in the the Saigon environment where there's like a multitude of expats for you、That's、to practice、right. with? Do you yeah, mind telling me more?、Uh, at back at a time,、uh, I was、um, in the Nguyen Phan Bing Street. It's a book street of Saigon, but it's also a place where tourists came a lot. So there, I had a part-time job, and then the, literally, I I had a job, but then I I practiced my English skills at the same time. I talked to them every day, and、uh, that's reason why I can develop my English speaking. But if if I was in Kuantum until now, then I think there's no way for me to speak English. Like this, of course, yeah. The environment certainly helps. Where、right. yeah, I've spoken to a lot of people that 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 avenue into learning、mm. English was being thrown into an English speaking、That's、environment. That's true. That's true. It's either sink or swim. <laughs> But the, the technology is nowadays more, way more developing than the, the past time, right? Yeah. So、um, I think there's there's、mm. still. Some ways for people in the、uh, rural areas to practice their English、mm. speaking.、Um, for this moment, at this moment, they can、um, just enter website, see the foreigners, and say hi to them, and have a video call. And it's it's not like back then, I think.、Mm. Yeah, but I was in in I w- I struggle a lot. Right, I see.、Mm. If we speak about Your transition from a student of English into a teacher of the language. Do you mind telling me more? How did that develop? I just know that my English is my strength. Then、uh, I think teaching is also my strength as well because I can talk. I can talk to people、um, persuasively, and.、Um, That's helped. I took a part-time job as tutor, English tutor, and then the、um, English teacher. When I was really young, it's like I was nineteen then, but、um, I was invited into、uh, English teacher position in the English center、um, in Tudok district, and、uh, I taught some students who older than me a lot, but <coughs> I. I can see myself.、Uh, I could see myself as a very good、um, English. What to say?、Um, trainers.、Mm. Yeah, I think because I was in in the same situation with them, right? Of course, so you have more empathy. That's right. I understood why they couldn't talk. Why they they. They suffered a lot from the, you know, the system,、yeah. the educational system.、Um, they study a lot grammar, and they they have same problem with me. That reason why I can, 
I, I could be a English trainer. Mm, mm. Definitely, yeah, I, I completely agree that you'll be in those situations and if you've gone through the experience yourself, it's much more beneficial for them and for you as you can get onto that level and teach them in your way. This might be tough as it might vary from class to class. What's your teaching style like? As in, how would you describe yourself as a teacher? Mm, I prefer myself as a trainer, it's not a teacher, really. A facilitator? Yes. Mm, I, I, was, I would call myself that because um, a teacher would tell you what you need to do, right? But a trainer will follow you, be your friend, be your mentor, and uh, just guide you um, toward the, the, the goal the destination, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I was saying myself. Definitely. I'm glad you've mentioned that, where we're, we're trying to get away from it, myself and my friends, of a teacher says, student does type thing, of, you know, we are the teacher, but you are the student. We're mm -hmm. trying to make a more, let's say, flexible approach and right. put us all in the same wavelength, because then mm -hmm. learning is more conducive for everybody, I think. Can you talk to me about moving into the organization where you're helping disadvantaged children as in what is it how did it begin what is your role do you mind just telling me broadly a bit more please do mm, i was a second no second year student in the Hwasa university yeah, right and my major was um english um english Linguistic. Uh, linguistic, yeah. Right, it was linguistic and the concentration was um, English teaching. But I was in second year. Um, then the, I met a, a woman. She, she worked for, um, what's that? Um, service Learning Department of Hwasa University. And back then, Hwasan University was one of the first university in the South to conduct service learning. It's totally new for, for, for the whole Vietnam back then. And it's because it was new, um, and it's very meaningful. Then I asked her, I want to have a English teaching project for disadvantaged children. What do you think? And she guided me. And she um, told me what to do, or what I should do and shouldn't do. And then uh, we we have project together. Yeah, she actually she helped me a lot. She her name is Bao Zhen. Yeah, she helped me a lot with the papers work. And then uh, we had the very first step, which is having the paper. Um, and then uh, we met the community is in Hapmon uh, we met the community and then we learned about their their needs and their um, um, what they want to have in, in the project um, and then the, we conduct the program um, recruit students and then we have the first lesson like few months after that I still remember it was June of 2019. 
just before COVID, or not just before, about six months. Yeah. Six months before COVID, <laughs> but Vietnam is later. Um, true, true. Right. I think we were 2021 when we got slammed, so that's right. yeah, that's quite effective. So we had quite a lot of time working offline with students, mm. and then uh, the COVID came, so we switch into online. Nice. Um, at at the time, um, I suddenly think silly thought that why don't we conduct the project in other provinces all right as long as they had the need because back then people um got familiar with their online systems already so that reason reason why we expanded into two more three more provinces yeah, um, Thuận, Bắc Giang and Javan. So um, until now we have eighty students in uh, four different places. Yes. Excellent. Now I love how that's developed, and I love the, I suppose, natural transition from online to offline because it had to happen. It was inevitable for anyone involved in education projects. You mentioned towards the beginning when we, I suppose, briefly summarized the project that you will help the students through, say, games, through activities and through those kind of things. And this ties in with making English interesting and making people want to learn it. Can you tell me more about what you do as in some of the games or activities that help the students become engaged in learning? Mm, Actually, to be honest, I'm not a teacher. Mm. I'm not a teacher. I'm just a father and then who, let's say I'm the manager of the project. Not a manager because below me there are managers as well. Uh, so I just a founder mm. who set up the project. I set the vision, set the goals of the project and I just let the others run the project. Run the project. So there are like more than 20 teachers. Um, let call, let not call them teachers because this is a service learning project where students are learned. I mean, are, are helped to be teacher. I mean, are trained to be teacher. Uh, we will conduct training pro- uh, sessions and uh, there will be teachers I mean, lecturers mm. help them in the training sessions. Um, the lecturers will train the students into more um, skillful mm. teachers. They have the potential to be teachers already. Their English is good, but they need to learn more about the teaching methods and teaching skills. So that's what we help them. So in the project, the students will be recruited, be trained, and be a teacher, yes. And then um, uh, that was that the reason why I'm, I'm not a teacher, but let me tell you what they will do. So in the project, they are trained to uh, help the students with games and activities. So we try to provide them as many tools as possible, and then let them conduct the lesson plan, and then the lesson plan will be scanned by the manager and the manager will provide them with advices and then 
yeah, the process going on. They teach the children. They learn from the process and they repeat their process. I mean, they will repeat the process on and on until they get better and better and better. Yes. So that's why the the project is a service learning. Mm, right. So they the students will do the service helping the community at the same time with the learning process. They will learn along the way from their mistakes. I like that. I like the idea yeah. of combining like student teacher and kind of seeing the evolution over time and yes. seeing how the work goes. Mm. And since you've started, when did you start this? Remind me. What date? Do you remember? When? Yeah, when did it first begin? Um, when it first founded? I had the idea in 2018. 2018, wow, okay. Yeah, and then the process of um, developing uh, the materials and, and paperwork and recruiting take, took me about a few months. Mm. And then the first class was in June 2019. 2019, right. Yes. So since then, since June 2019 to to now, so three years later, what sort of things have you seen develop or change in your organization? As in, of course, in three years, it's a long time, right? And we did have the pandemic and, yeah. you know, things would have changed, I'm sure. What have you seen happen since you began to now? Mm, um... The difference, let's say, um, firstly, I think the changes I can see directly is myself, <laughs> really. Um, so when, uh, when I was in second year, I was pretty simple, right? I thought teaching is simple. You just go into the class and teach. And uh, of course, it must be interesting because that's how I learned English. I didn't learn through grammar. But I learned through games and I learned through um, different methods, but grammar. So um, that's what I, I said from the beginning. But it's not simple like that. It's more than that because we have to work with the community. And uh, when we work with the community, uh, especially with disadvantaged children, there are a lot more problems happening with parents, their neighbors, their relatives, themselves, and their, their teachers as well. So they have a lot of problems that we need to solve along the way. And to solve those problems, we have to be more mature, it's not just think about teaching. Mm. It's more than that. Um, and. Um, well, I was lucky because along the way I got a lot of advice from my, you know, um, my my teachers, my lecturers going with me, and the, um, a lot of friends, the, the managers. His name is Wang Hui. He's helped me a lot as well, and um, yeah, this helped me a lot. Definitely. I learned more about the the society. The society is not simple. <laughs> Right. There are a lot going on around us and it's combined in a very chaotic way. So, but we need to see through that and um, solve problem one by one and things will get better. Of course. Uh, finally. What are some of the main challenges that you faced as in the most complex or frustrating or difficult ones? What are some key challenges that stand out for you? Mm. I don't know. 
my my <laughs> my uh, let's say my friend, uh, she is co-founder with me. Um, his name Guan Hui. I mentioned him. Um, used to told me that. Um, uh, he told me that. Oh, I've never worked with anyone who is calm as you. You never show your emotions. I mean, I never change my emotions when I face a problem. But I don't know whether it's wrong or right. I'm wondering. I think right. My first impression. I think yeah. it's useful because it's often said that emotions cloud judgment, and when you're not thinking logically, that's when you make mistakes. We've all done it before, where we've you know come to a situation mm -hmm. clouded by emotion, whether it be positive or negative, and made the wrong decision. But if you're able to separate your emotions from your logical decision making, I think that's quite an effective skill, and especially if you have the composure to match it. That's what I'd say. Really? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Really? What for? What you see? All right. Yeah. I don't know. So back to your question, you asked me what the problem or much yeah. the most challenging problem I face, but uh, I I don't know because whenever I see a problem, it's not it's not a problem. It's what is is something we need to see through it and solve one by one, uh, step by step. Mm. So You see it as a step on the journey rather than... That's right. Right, I like this. I like this for many reasons because it's the labeling theory. Mm -hmm. If you label it a problem, like the word problem, like the etymology of the word, it creates you know a negative of, oh, this is annoying. And I yeah. even when I described it to right. you, I used words such as difficult and frustrating. And if mm -hmm. you label them to a situation, then it naturally becomes more like that. I love that. Yeah, but if you come through and go, that's not really a problem, it's just a thing we deal with, I think that's crucial. And what, what I'm thinking when I'm hearing this story, if you're dealing with, um, say, multiple disadvantaged children, right. there's many reasons why they have the disadvantage, the society, relatives, neighbours, right. background. Mm -hmm. And so if you go in there like with the, the consciousness of that, then it, it could be overwhelming if you see so many challenges if you label them. Right. But if you label them as just part of the process, then it loses its emotional appeal and you can get through easier. Right. I think just um, they're just different. Mm. And they need a different approach as that's it. And there's no things like annoying or anything. Because of course we are different, right? So all of them deserve a different approach, mm. deserve a different love, kind of love, yeah. You mentioned that you stay calm throughout, are you ever, do you ever lose your composure? Is there ever a moment where you think, you know, where you kind of get stressed or if you're ever not as calm or are you generally quite good at maintaining composure? I'm just bad as uh, <laughs> loving. <laughs> it, why is that a negative? You know, when you mentioned that you can uh, make your emotions without, sorry, make your judgment without emotion. Mm -hmm. Why is that a negative? Would you say? Oh, it's, it's not negative. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Um, it's just we said it could be good or bad, mm -hmm. and I kind of, I, I lean more towards the fact it's good. But then, why could it be bad? Why do you think? You, you don't have to answer. I'm just curious. Oh, uh, did I say so? Um, I think you mentioned it could be good or bad. No. Okay, cool. No. Right, I'm wrong. <laughs> Forgive me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think it's good. Um, 
I don't know, but I don't think at all when I make decisions. I don't think at all about anything. But there is always reasons behind anything mm. happening around us, right? Yeah. So, um, because it has reasons, we need to find out what is the reason. What is the reason behind this behavior? Of course, maybe there are from the family where parents often fight each other physically and mentally as well they often uh, say bad words to the children so that reason why they are the way they um, are they're the way they are so we need to solve that i mean it's not to solve the problem but they need to understand we need to understand why they behave that way and to have a more pro appropriate approach absolutely that's right so um that's what or that's how i think about the process definitely that's no right. i like the fact you've mentioned that mm -hmm. and also being flexible in your approach i think most teachers need to really be aware of this that mm -hmm. so trainers whatever we want to call ourselves mm -hmm. um we need to be flexible in our approach where if you're dealing with people from a certain environment but this doesn't just apply to teaching or training, it's life. People from certain environments will think differently and behave differently and condition differently to others. That's so true. having that adaptability is absolutely mm -hmm. essential. Um, before we go on to say your mission and values with the company or the purpose, you started this or you had the idea in 2018. Now you're very young already, but you were even younger then obviously. What, why do you think you was so young but making like a decision like that because i think it's quite a big choice and also what, what do you think gave you the confidence to go through with it this is like it's just the same as the the question why did i learning english well why did i learn english right uh i didn't decide anything i just do really i just i just feel like this is interesting and I don't know. I really don't know because I just do it because I like to. Um, just going to the reasons, I think, I mean, at the time I didn't think anything. I just do it. But now I'm sitting here in front of you. And if you ask me about the reasons, I maybe I can analyze this way. Maybe at the time I had trouble with learning English. And I had the people around me, Miss Zhang, sorry, Miss Zhang, Bao Zhen, who can help me with that. Um, so I had the problem, I had the people, I had the, the, the conditions which can help me actualizing, uh, sorry, who can help me uh, actualize my, my desire. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. I just do it. And um, of course, if we talk about the meaning of the project, it's meaningful. Of course, I can see it because um, English is the most it's, it's not in, important anymore, but it's vital mm. for people of course. to expand their, their world, to learn more new things, to step out of their comfort zone. We often talk, talk about how can we step out of our comfort zone, right? Yeah. It's not easy because how can we know it's comfort zone or uncomfortable zone? If we don't know where is the horizon, where is the, 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 
the border of of the box, right? So it's not easy, as people can can see. But we need to learn more, explore more, more and more, to see where is the horizon, whether we should stay in the box or step outside the box. Is it dangerous or not? Is it the right thing to do? It's not easy. Like, all right, now I decide to step out of the box. Let's just step out of the box. It's not like that. But we need to learn. All right, this is option one, two, three. Which is the most um, beneficial mm. um, options, right? So that's reason why I think English. Uh, but but English is the first thing that we need to 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 um, let's say self or learn definitely because you know it's language it's a tool but it's very vital tool for sure your mission your kind of values how would you summarize them in your work if I said to you what's your ultimate mission what are the goals what would you say. We would not stop in teaching them English and how it's important. I I said before, but we would expand to other skills like soft skills as well. So we would teach them um, more than that, uh, like self studying or how to uh, communicate effectively. Or how to, I mean, every tutors in our projects is a multiple subjects teachers. They not just teach English, because to student can learn a lot from them. The way they communicate, the way they um, interact with them, the way they communicate with others people. I mean, every the tutors in a project is the mirror of the goals that we see. So that reason why we train them a lot of skills along the way so that they can transfer those skills into the children. Yeah. Right, um, And the mission, uh, as I said, is not just English. It's not just English, but the skills. There's skills that they will need for surviving in the digital um, area. Area? Yeah. Uh, digital yeah. space. Do you have like one year plans or two year plans or any of that, or do you just see how it develops? Mm. Um, it's, not, it's not just stay and see how it's developed. But we also planned in the beginning. I mean, we have to plan it, but it's, we cannot rush in the process. Um, so we planned it by giving the um, training sessions in the beginning. And uh, along the way, they have the meetings weekly with the teacher. Yes. Um, so it's half-half. It's not intense like, oh, we have to teach those skills, but it's, it's like, it's more flexible. Mm. Yeah. I'm wondering here, like going a bit more personally, what type of founder are you? As in, are you 
consumed by your work as in like 24-7 or? No. No, you no. answered that pretty emphatically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I invest into people a lot of time. Um, so if whenever they need me, they will have me. But uh, we will not talk like manager with um, the staff, but I'm more like a mentor of the project. So it's like they can talk with me anytime, like talking, like chatting. Like they will tell me whatever day is, then I will just listen. And sometimes I can give my advice or not. I can um, decide for yourself whether they need advice or just listening. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's right. crucial. Sometimes, sometimes you just need to let things the way they they are. I mean, that's the learning process. Exactly. So just let things happen, and let them learn from the the mistakes. And they, as long as they don't stop, as long as they keep going on, then everything just go the way they are. Absolutely. That's how projects develop until now. Mm. I mean, I don't join my hands into um, teachings or criticizing or anything like that. I just stand there, be a listener whenever they, they want me to. But normally they just keep doing the things that they understand that they need to do. Absolutely. Yes. I think that's important to have that awareness of what to do and what not to do and bring it together. Mm -hmm. Before we come to the concluding part of the conversation to which I've really enjoyed and thank you, uh, this next question is almost an opportunity for role reversal. Has there been a question that I've not asked you that you would have liked me to ask you or that you expected me to ask you, but I did not? Mm, actually, <laughs> I didn't prepare for this, um, let's say, interview. Yeah, um, interview slash conversation. I, I would say more conversation, but you know. Looking, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't prepare <laughs> anything because I just wanted to let the things just natural going That's my, fav that's my favorite yeah. way, yeah. That's right. So, uh, because of that, I don't have any other questions. But um, one thing that I want to tell the people that are listening to our podcast is that if you want to help the community, um, help the disadvantaged children, um, one, in, one more information about our disadvantaged children that they are the children in the shelter. Um, they maybe they don't have parents um, or their family conditions not good um, financially um, so that they cannot approach to a, you know um, developing learning uh, opportunity so um, that's why we need we need you to join your hands in here so you can join as a speakers. Um, you can share your skills in a training sessions, some some kind of that, so that you can help the children with their learning process. 
that's it. Excellent. And I will include all relevant links or anything you'd like to send me in the show notes if you wish to. So thank you for sharing. Final question. I'll share it anyway. In, we're talking now in October 2022. If we had this conversation again in October 2023 and I said, hey, Tum, welcome back. How are you? What's been going on? Yeah. What would you like to be telling me of what you've achieved in the last year? Um, I would say, hey, Connor, <laughs> uh, I'm happy to tell you that uh, we have new um, projects in more, I mean, in at least four more shelters in Saigon so Excellent. that we can help more children. Help grow, help expand, develop. That's right. I love it. Excellent. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed this. I think you've spoken well. I think I have a much better understanding of what you do and why, and I've really enjoyed. Thank you very much for your time. Me too. Um, actually, I, I enjoy it more than that beginning. <laughs> what do you mean? Like more? You, you settled more into the conversation. That's right. Yeah. Uh, is this a chance for me to release um, my whatever? But it's, it's, it's not, it's not, um, what to say? It wasn't as daunting as you thought. <laughs> that, that, that's just what's coming to me. Forgive, forgive me if that was wrong. <laughs> but there is not many chances for me to speak like this. Mm. Yeah, I think that's why the podcast is a useful medium. It literally gives people opportunities to share their experiences and story in a non-judgmental manner. And, you know, I, I'm not sure how you felt prior to recording, whether you were nervous or not, not but... I'm hoping that you enjoyed the conversation more that we're done than you thought you were going to enjoy at the beginning. Thank you. I hope so. Great. Please help me to cut this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, too. Great. Thank you.